You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're talking rivalries on today's program. One of our mailbag questions from yesterday uh, a little overflow from that because there's one good question that we weren't going to have time to get to and I think Matt and I wanted to dive into this one it was a question about what are the best rivalries in the NFL and I have some thoughts on that and how some rivalries in football aren't as natural as in some other sports even in college football and like in baseball so NFL has an odd structure of rivalries in some cases and a lot of it is due to how divisions were formed and uh, how teams were formed and NFL and AFL and it goes back a ways so uh, I think that'll be a fun conversation today at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL that's where you can get those questions in just tag us any old time or get questions in prior to our Twitter Tuesday episodes and Matt we were just talking a little bit off the air love this a uh, dynasty trade because this this is what's fun about the offseason there's NFL <laughs> draft there's dynasty leagues it never ends and we've checked in a couple times with your latest startup dynasty draft which I know has now finished for you so I think it'll be interesting just to check back in one last time on that because some listeners I know have, have uh, tweeted at us about it and and uh, love seeing how you formed your dynasty roster and then in another league you made a trade which I like that we should talk about which will also tie into a teaser for our rest of career wide receiver rankings. It is sort of like a dynasty rankings, but for me, I'm just looking at it for which wide receivers would I draft for the NFL for the rest of their careers, which we'll do maybe uh, later on this week too. So let's let's start with your dynasty trade you made, which I think is a good one. And uh, I think a lot of people might look at it and say, yeah, I don't know, Williamson, you're giving away a pretty big chip there, but I like where you went with this trade. Yeah, I, I caught some heat for this one that I, that, that I didn't get enough in return. And on paper, maybe I didn't. You know, if you look at like average starting, you know, startup values, where these guys are going. But my particular team in this league loaded at wide receiver. I really have like eight to 10 Chase Claypools are better. I mean, like very easy starters, young. I mean, it's just loaded at that position where my running backs are basically Miles Sanders and nothing else. So my goal going into this rookie draft that started yesterday was in some way, shape, or form, I got to get at least a back, if not two. And I'm still working on trading. You know, I have some trade offers out for some veterans like Joe Mixon and whatnot I'm trying to work on too. But the trade I made was I took Ridley, whose stock is unbelievably high right now, as you can imagine. And he's great. I have no qualms with Ridley at all an early second round pick, which in rookie drafts is just an area I don't like shopping right now. I mean, all the backs are gone. My favorite receivers are gone. I mean, you can get Trey Lance or Justin Fields, but I don't need a receiver. They're the, the top tight end's gone, and it's too early for Fryermuth. I mean, so that neighborhood of this rookie draft, this was like the 15th pick overall, is an area I really wanted to get out of. And rookie drafts in general – I think there's a five-player tier with Pitts, who I mentioned, Chase, Najee, ATN, and Javante Williams. That after that, sure, the Bama receivers are nice. I like Elijah Moore, but receivers just aren't worth as much as backs. So I traded Ridley in that early second-round pick for the fifth pick to take Javante Williams. You get the last guy in that tier, and to kind of put my money where my mouth is on this player. I got Brandon Ayuk back as well. 
who I, I know you and I have talked about, and you talk about all the time. Um, I wanted to tease this a little bit too, and I haven't reached out to him yet, but one of my favorite follows is Matt Harmon, who does Reception Perception. And I signed up for his website, receptionperception.com. We need to get him on here sometime before the season starts, just to talk receivers. And his Brandon Ayuk right up, I'll just tell you, will sell you on him. They think he he thinks that Ayuk is the next star in this league. His ability to get press coverage, move all over the formation, all these key indicators that Matt looks for. And I'm totally smitten with Ayuk, and I was before I even read this report from Harmon. Now I'm even, you know, I'm just infatuated with the guy. So in reality, Ridley to Ayuk in the dynasty community is a drop, but I just don't think it's as big a drop as most perceive it to be. And and I picked up a back. You know, that's that mid-second round pick or early second round pick was no man's land. Now I have a foundational back in Javante Williams. So I think I made my team better. I love this. You're just playing the stock market. You're selling at the highest yeah. possible point for Calvin Ridley because I, I, even if he performs as expected this year, I don't think his stock will be higher than it is right now, and it's possible that he right. doesn't. It's possible that maybe the Julio Jones trade doesn't help him as much as we thought, and who knows what happens at the quarterback situation in Atlanta. So things could go in a way that, that maybe he is not as much of a producer and doesn't take even another step forward from where he was already really great that wide receiver as far as uh, fantasy production goes. And you're buying low on a player in Brandon Ayuk, who is probably, who's well thought of, I'm sure, in the Dynasty sure. community, but he's pre-breakout, pre-breakout breakout, right? And he's a player that could be Kyle Shanahan's number one wide receiver, uh, a young quarterback if Trey Lance is a stud. I mean, that's something that could be a marriage for 10 years of wide receiver one and quarterback one level stuff there that you're betting on could be super valuable. And just in a Kyle Shanahan offense, he's going to be the number one wide receiver. He's not the one, number one receiver right now because George Kittle is there. But I think it was pretty clear with the usage of Ayuk and Debo last year that that's the way Kyle Shanahan envisions it. Ayuk is the outside receiver. He's the number one guy there. He's going to be more depth of target where Debo Samuel almost became a gadget player last season. Part of that was because of the quarterback problems. But he caught fifth. Debo Samuel caught 52% of his receptions last year screens, uh, like uh, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, uh, shovel yeah, passes, yeah. you know, just weird gadgety, like almost the most gadgety player in the NFL, which was kind of crazy. And I think he's got, you know, more potential to be a downfield receiver. But just usage, the what they spent to go get Brandon Ayuk, I think um, – that's uh that's Speaks definitely volumes to me, right? Yeah, just a, enough. a huge stock up player. And then if you just put it a year a year earlier, you got the third running back in this draft. You got a player who's drafted high in the second round, uh sort of an every down type of a back that could be the JK Dobbins or the Cam Akers. Like you got that level of prospect in this trade back with Ayuk. And uh, so if you need a Running back, uh, I love that trade. And I, I just love playing the stock market of all this. And, and that's what I love in team building. That's what's fun about Dynasty Leagues. And that's why I can't wait to get into this wide receiver conversation we have. But uh, I wanted yeah. to highlight that trade because I thought it was a good move by you. And it illustrates how much fun Dynasty trades can be because of two different owners, two different Dynasty managers having two different uh, issues that they need to fix. Yeah, right, right. And he's obviously happy with it. The, the Dynasty community that I reached out to thinks I uh, and lost the deal, which is fine. Um, just to expand on some things you mentioned, I actually have Williams ahead of ATN slightly. So if I was picking four, I would have taken Williams. 
I think very soon he will be the every down guy in Denver. I also have Melvin Gordon rotting on that roster. So not that that factored in, but I do have both Denver backs. Yep. So that's, you know, at least I can start one. This is the hope, you know, starting in week one. And, you know, some people are a little concerned about Ayuk saying Trey Lance is only going to throw 11 passes a game. Like, I, I'm not taking that bet. And I also, I'm not predicting it, but it wouldn't blow me away if Ridley struggles a little as Batman. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I think he's great. I have no qualms with the player at all, but he's not A.J. Brown, Julio Jones talented. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't top five pick. He's not Jamar Chase, you know, just physically. He may struggle a little, you know. I mean, this could be the the, the point of his career where his stock is the highest. Right. It's sort of uh, Amari Cooper-ish sort of mm -hmm. a career. I think, you know, that's always been a... a a, a big comp for Calvin yeah. Ridley there, obviously coming from Alabama. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff there. I love that trade for you. I don't know if there's any notes you have on your final roster in your other league, your startup draft that we've talked about a couple times on this show. We were in round 10 last time I checked in with you. It's gone through round, what, 24 now, right? Yeah, there's 25 rounds of the draft. I have one more pick that's going to be a defense. We have to carry a defense. So I've got my roster set. Um, if you want, I can just buzz through the final results. I know some people were asking. Yeah, but, but I mean, just uh, just highlight any of the the picks and any of the big things that you did since round ten or so. I see Antonio Brown on your list here. Yeah, I took a couple old dudes just because they kept falling and kept falling and kept falling, and thought Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon, who I'm not big on, but I got him super late. Latavius Murray, who's up in age. I mean, those guys could still be a strong factor this year. And frankly, all the young guys get scooped up so early. I mean, the last couple rounds of this draft, I mean, 25-round draft with 12 teams, just think about what you're picking from, you know, 200 players in. So uh, one other strategy I took late was I took five quarterbacks in this draft. Even though I took Lamar Jackson really high, I ended up with Lamar, Fields, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, and Drew Locke, and my logic was, first off, there's no running backs or tight ends or receivers left. So if I can get Drew Locke in the 23rd round, and he starts for a year and throws a lot of bombs, and I own five starting quarterbacks out of 32, maybe somebody will give me a future second-round pick for him. You know what I mean? Like, those guys at least are going to play, most likely, and probably hold value. I mean, I'm not, they, could, they could fall off a cliff, Newton or Locke, but I bought them for nothing. Yeah, nice midseason throw in. A team's gonna be like, man, I need to really need a quarterback. You're like, well, look, I've got a pretty good one here, and I'm stacked. So, uh, just to give you that little extra bit of leverage, a little extra bit of value later on. One more name on your list here in this draft that uh, I'm interested to hear your take on is OJ Howard. I have no idea what to expect about OJ Howard's career. I feel like he needs to go somewhere else because I was so high on him coming out of the draft. And like, what is he? Is he even gonna play? I don't know. I I, I just love the talent. He's a free agent after the year. I got him super late. I was a little light at tight end. So he's somebody I would roll the dice on. You know, I, I always bring this back to the Steelers, but I, I, I was saying a lot this offseason, a guy like O.J. Howard would be somebody oh. I would go after if I was tight end needy in the league after this year. Steelers, you know, drafted Friermuth. They're not going to be in that, that market. But if I'm Jacksonville, I mean, it, it – it, Tight ends, it takes them to age 27 until they usually hit their peak. He's as talented as just about anyone. I thought it was worth a shot. Yeah, you know, that's actually a nice fit 
O.J. Howard in Pittsburgh catching passes from Aaron Rodgers next year? Not bad. Right, exactly. Or Russell Wilson <laughs> or Deshaun Watson. Or, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, good stuff there. Let's get into NFL rivalries next. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. I know personally Credit Karma has done a huge amount to help tracking my credit score, really helped me build that up, helped me when I was purchasing a home. I'm seeing that continue to skyrocket, and I love checking Credit Karma to see how high my credit score has gotten. But now they can help you even more. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Right now, visit Credit Karma slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. A question that was going to take us too long to answer yesterday in our mailbag episode, Matt, that I think will be fun to go through here. This one from Mark on Twitter. He says, uh, can you guys go through all the traditional rivalries of each division and then what you consider the best current rivalry in each division in the NFL? And I love this question because I find the NFL rivalries crazy compared to other sports I think they're more natural in other sports and the ones you would think would be natural rivalries in the NFL aren't quite as much and um, I think who's winning in the NFL has NBA does this too where it's like whatever good teams are those are the teams that have the rivalries right now and the traditional rivalries are there but they're less so and in Major League Baseball it's all about the traditional rivalries going back a hundred years so uh, the NFL I think it's fun to look at these and how much they've changed actually in recent history with uh, you know with expansion and the way the divisions have been realigned yeah and I know you're not a huge hockey guy and a lot of people listening aren't but there's some awesome rivalries Mm, in hockey that go back to the 40s you know I mean Maple Leafs Canadians you know they play each other a ton and it's so physical and lots of games and those are some of the best rivalries but I think we should go division by division and just you know what's our thoughts on the biggest rivalry and I want to start with the AFC East because I think they're really weird because There isn't one because New England just dominated the division for 20 years. You know, like it's. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's why, too, because it should be Patriots Jets is this massive division, this massive, massive rivalry in the NFL, you know, like Yankees Red Sox or something like that. Right. right? But maybe it's because the division's been dominated for 20 years. But I just don't think that the Patriots have that rivalry. And I'm sure there is a nice rivalry there with Jets fans and Patriots fans and, and, you know, maybe even Bills fans mixed in there. And maybe since there's an extra New York team, Western New York with the Bills, that uh, it's it's maybe a little bit more of, a, uh, you know, or a little bit more scrambled of a rivalry situation there in the AFC East. But I feel like that's one of the perfect examples for it. When you have something like Yankees, Red Sox, and you have, you know, Boston, New York, that should be a massive rivalry in the NFL, and it's just not. And at this point, I think most teams just have a rivalry with the Patriots because they've won so much that their fan base wants to beat them. And it's not so jealous, much of a, right? yeah, a jealousy rivalry is what it is. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, people around here think the Steelers have a rivalry with the Patriots. 
Mm-hmm. They don't because the Patriots beat their butt every time. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta at least knock the the champ down once in a while. So I think the door is open now in the East. You know, I think the Bills, like most people do, are the best team. So maybe if Miami comes on strong or if New England gets back to being a double digit win type of team, they could develop a real good rivalry with the Bills. But really, it's just been you know uh, New England and the Pips in the East. Absolutely. For 20 years. Yeah. You know what? It's another thing I didn't think about until we just started talking about this was, is the number of games they play against each other a reason why the rivalries aren't quite as strong as they are in some other sports like hockey, like hockey and you get yeah. fights and you're playing a bunch of games against a team, especially baseball. You play three or four games in a row against one team and you see that team 15, 17 times a year. Yeah. I will say, though, I bet in football and I don't know the other games as well teams build their team to beat the division rivals more. You know, like, I think I've told you this. I mean, we started every draft meeting when I was with the Browns with how can we get better today to beat the Steelers? Because they were the best team in the North. You know, they were 15-1 and that year and Ben's rookie year. You know, so I do think team building and things are, boy, we got to play Kyler Russell Wilson and Stafford three times this year. We better get some running backs that can run. You know what I mean? Let's yeah, let's transition to the AFC North here because a team like the Ravens who they they move so that it's not like the Baltimore Ravens were a team that was playing against the Steelers and the Cleveland Browns in the 60s, right? So sure, which sure. so for the Steelers who you know best, what's the big rival is it Cleveland? Is it Cleveland Pittsburgh? Is that the big rivalry in that division? If you ask the Browns, yes. And this is obviously changing very quickly. But the Steelers have just owned them so much. I mean, over the the Roethlisberger era. I mean, as of last year, Roethlisberger was the the the, the, the had the most wins in the Browns Stadium of any quarterback in football history. You know, as of, until last year. So that's pretty pathetic from the Browns. I mean, the Ben has more wins than any Browns <laughs> quarterback in history before Baker beat it last year. I have to say Steelers-Ravens is about as good as it gets in the league, at least over the last decade or two. I mean, nasty, physical, two of the top five franchises, in my opinion, behind the Patriots over that era. But times are changing. I mean, the Browns are coming on strong. The Browns are really like two hours up the road. It easily could become Browns-Ravens is the the top one here coming up soon, too, because they're the two best teams, in my opinion. So, you know, it's changing as always. I'm looking at Cincinnati Cleveland which again, you know, geographically that should be one of the bigger rivalries in the NFL. Maybe in recent history the teams weren't that good, but in the state of Ohio, that would that would seem to be one that should be another one that's bigger than it is and one that you hear about more than you do. Yeah, and I'm not going to call out Bengals fans cuz they've been a, a rough organization, but they just I mean they have a hard time filling the stadium. You know, even the Browns when they were horrible, their fans were rabid. And so I think a lot of it is more fan driven than player driven, especially nowadays with you know players changing teams so much that a lot of these guys have the same agents and are friends. Um, I, I think the the cities are more rivals as you know Cleveland Pittsburgh certainly is, and even though they're both in Ohio, I'd have to check, but I'm not sure Cleveland and Cincy are any closer than Cleveland and Pittsburgh. You know what's interesting too is just the population of a place like Cincinnati. And it blows me away because these are some 
you know, entrenched franchises. These are big cities, but I look at, you know, how the population of Cincinnati is like smaller than Fresno, California, you know? So I think yeah, just right. the fan base, it, it can't grow as much as some other teams too. So they have the fans that they have, and that's kind of it. And, and to be very honest, I hope Burrow changes all that. You know, I mean, I think he's capable of really taking that, to, you know, that whole organization on a 180 degree turn. That's, I mean, being good is so important to all of this, right? It and, is, right. That's you can tell around. from ownership on down which teams. We're talking about the New England Patriots. In the NFC, we're going to get to a couple teams that feel like they're rivals for everybody because they do a lot every year, and they're in the headlines, and they're important, and they become important to other franchises as well. Right. I think that's very true. And certainly some jealousy. I mean, the Patriots are the best example. I mean, everyone thinks they have a rivalry with the Patriots, but I, I don't know who they look at that that way. AFC South, now that I look at it, all of these teams are new. New. I mean, yeah, I don't know if there is one. Yeah, I mean, I think they're developing Indy and Tennessee right now, but obviously the, the yeah. Tennessee Titans used to be the Houston Oilers. Jacksonville and, and the Houston Texans were expansion franchises. Houston has the old Oiler fan base, so that's split with the Titans, which is sort of an odd situation. The Colts were in Baltimore. Now they're in Indianapolis, and, and these franchises have existed for a while, but again, it's like you, you don't have that base of your grandfather pass it down to your father who passed it down to you as far as fan bases go yeah yeah that's funny i mean if you ask a titans fan who do you hate the most i don't know who they take i mean i think there's a a, a real opportunity here especially if carson wentz is pretty good for the colts and titans to be a rivalry for a while but i, I wonder this is a totally different topic and i want to keep it in the divisions but like for example I was born in 1973 and I've lived in Pittsburgh my whole life. And when I was growing up and, and learning about football, dad, who do, who do we hate the most? It wasn't the Browns, Bengals, Oilers back then, or Ravens. It was the Raiders because the Raiders Steelers in the seventies was nasty. You know, Jack Tatum, the, the nastiest football you'll ever find, you know, no, Matt, we hate the Raiders most, you know? So I wonder if any of these teams have one of those type of rivalries you know, maybe a Manning-Brady situation, Colts-Patriots, but that was so long ago now. You're absolutely right, and I, I would love to hear from some fans of the NFC South, like the yeah. Houston Texans, do they hate the Titans because they took their team away, and then now they got a new team, and so they're like, cool, now I'm a Texans fan, screw you, Titans, you, you left us. I, I just don't know the answer to that division. Yeah, that's a good one, so I would love to hear from the fans of the AFC South on the biggest rivals there and i think you touched on something and so let's finish up the west here then we'll get to the nfc side of things the raiders the raiders are probably top five everybody hates the raiders almost right. every single team's top five rival in the nfl and it's definitely true for the 49ers who i cover and maybe they're number one for the niners and we'll get to that but the las vegas raiders are hated by everybody but there are some really strong rivalries here in the afc west with the broncos and the kansas city chiefs for those raiders yeah, I, I would have to say the Chargers are probably not in that as much because the fan base, no offense, is pretty poor. I mean, they don't fill the stadium up. Raiders fan base is so good. And a lot of those go back to the 70s and certainly Al Davis and moving the franchise and, you know, just the way he, you know, the style of play the Raiders played was very easy to dislike. I would say it's Chiefs Broncos, though, at this point. Does that sound fair? I mean, yeah. Chiefs have been good for a long time. Now they're great. Chiefs, Broncos. I could see that just because, like I said, everybody's the Raiders rival, so maybe it's yeah. not as big, but there's this other thing that we've got going on with Chiefs and Broncos that's even bigger. And there was such a stretch. I mean, go to drafthistory.com and look at the 
15 first round picks for the end of Al Davis's career. I mean, the, the Jamarcus Russell's and Hayward Bay's and, you know, like there was a lot of drafting ineptitude there that took a lot of the shine off the Raiders Rose. I still can't believe that Al Davis didn't draft Calvin Johnson, the biggest, fastest wide (laughs) receiver, the most Al Davis prospect to ever exist. He has the number one pick and they went with Jamarcus Russell. That's gotta be a bummer for Raiders fans because that was the most perfect Al Davis prospect of all time. Yep, yep, 100%. Let's go to the NFC next, checking on some rivalries. I think there's a few better ones on this side of things, especially in the NFC East. All right, let me talk about rockauto.com. They've been a really good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, at a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever. you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you're looking for. Their catalog's extremely easy to navigate. Uh, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, prices you prefer. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how how did you hear about us box. They know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor like jalapeno? Recently, if you find that one, give it a shot. I was pleasantly surprised. Coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter is my favorite, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, raspberry, some of the classic flavors there, and they're filtering through new flavors all the time. Something for everyone. And as we know from the Built Bar bracket, some passionate fans about their favorite flavors. Not only are Built Bar the best tasting protein bars on the market, they're healthy too. We're talking 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of net carbs, and 4 grams of sugar. You can find a flavor that satisfies you or build your own box of Built Bars and use promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off, go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Looking at rivalries in the NFC, Matt, I think there's a couple things that are very clear, and it's how long these teams have been playing against each other and uh, how little things were disrupted for some natural rivals when divisions were realigned. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Washington football team, whatever they're going to be called, All those teams hate each other so much. This is a really good division for rivalries, and I'm not sure which one is the best because they all hate the Cowboys. So uh, it's got to be Eagles-Giants, right? Washington has a really good fan base too. So uh, this is really hard for me to pick out which one I think is, is the best rivalry in that division. This is the complete opposite of the AFC South, you know, for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, they're nothing has changed in my lifetime in this division 
except for Washington calling their team something different, you know, but it's the same groups. It's the same battles. So many primetime games, you know, which I think heightens things as well. Monday night football, Cowboys, Giants, you know, Um, and even though the division is down, I think the rivalries in this division are the best. And I'm not sure what the best one is. I'd like to hear from people because Eagle fans are awesome. Everyone hates America's team. Giants fans <laughs> are great. Washington's great. They had some awesome years with Joe Gibbs versus Parcells in the 80s. You know, I mean, I'm not sure which two teams would be the best rivalry in the East because I kind of feel like it's a four-way tie or you know, 16-way tie, whatever it is. Every rivalry's good. <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. And, and the Cowboys, some of their biggest rivals are also not in the division, too. So, and, and which is why those teams hate them even more, maybe because they call themselves America's team, and the, and the Cowboys are so easy to hate. And the Cowboys mm-hmm. rivalry with the Packers, the Cowboys rivalry with the 49ers is huge too. So um, it almost goes beyond the division for the Cowboys, which is why I would say me, uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's really hard, it, but it this is. division's really good. The fan bases are insane, and all the teams are have been historically meaningful to the NFL. They've all played each other for so long. Uh, and that's why I love this 2021 NFL draft with the trade that happened between the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants. And there's this one YouTuber, and I play his audio sometimes. I think I have some clips here that I can play. And he was freaking out and went viral while he's watching the draft live and he's YouTubing. And he's all set for Devontae Smith to become a New York Giant. And then the Eagles move <laughs> up with the division rival Cowboys to screw the Giants. And he's going crazy. Here he is. Nothing good happens ever. <laughs> I mean, he's just, it's just him going off all the time on his channel. It's so good. But like, that's, that's what I love about the division. Seeing that trade just, uh, it, it warmed my heart not being a part of it. Just to w- that look at it. It's almost like hockey. I mean, that's yeah. almost like Leafs Canadians, you know, you know. Uh, Bruins Rangers or whatever you know some old school rivals just really old school yeah um and and just that hatred passed down from generations another one here in the NFC North it's like that I gotta say Packers Bears probably got to be one of the best in the NFL yeah right that's that's a really good one that goes back to leather helmets right and part of it's because again the Lions have been one of the worst organizations when you have a team in your division that's historically awful it, it kind of takes a little bit off of it, you know, and in terms of all of them battling out like they do in the East, it has to be Bears Packers. And I hope Justin Fields changes this, but it's been a little one sided lately. Yeah, has been definitely one sided. That would be really fun. And look, the Bears are in a nice position to capitalize on that, too. Aaron Rodgers owns that division right now, but he's going to be uh-huh. gone. And is Jared Goff going to own that division? Is Kirk Cousins going to own that division? So the Bears are in a nice spot. If they did hit on their quarterback and they found their guy, maybe it's the Bears division for the next 15 years that we're talking about. Could be. And I don't mean to not even bring up the Vikes because their fans are awesome and I'm sure they hate the Bears and Packers as much as anyone else. And there's been some great games there. But Bears-Packers goes back to Hallis, Lombardi. I mean, come on. All good fan bases, though, in the North. That's a fun division. Yeah, yeah. Feel bad a little bit for the Lions fan base. NFC South, this one's tough because some of these yeah. teams didn't exist 40 years ago. Uh, some of them were in the NFC West <laughs> not that long ago. It's odd to think that the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints, as far east as those cities are, were in the NFC West for a long time. But I would say those two teams is the big rivalry in that division, is Falcons-Saints, because they were in the same division, just a different division, a long time ago. I didn't realize this till recently, and we actually visited some friends in Atlanta two years ago, 
those towns, New Orleans and Atlanta, do not like each other. And I, I didn't really understand that until I was down there and it caught me by, you know, by surprise. And maybe people can let us know why that is or is it something off the field, you know, because really that area of the country is SEC territory. So I'm sure a lot of people in Atlanta are more, you know, into Georgia or Georgia Tech than Atlanta, who hasn't been a great franchise forever. A lot of LSU fans over the Saints, but I mean Saints fans are great. Uh, it looks like Tampa's getting their their hat in the ring at least because they're the best team in the division. But it has to be Atlanta, and New Orleans. Yeah, it has to be Atlanta, New Orleans. There, NFC West is a lot like the AFC East to me because you have that natural LA San Francisco rivalry, which should be massive and one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. But Rams 49ers, while they're rivals, it's not it, it's not like Giants Dodgers in Major League Baseball. And the Rams bounced to St. Louis and back, and there's a ton of 49ers fans in Los Angeles because of that. Because in L.A., they didn't have a team to root for. The Niners were good, so the Niners kind of owned L.A. for a while. And for the 49ers, traditionally, I would say Cowboys, Raiders are even bigger rivals than the Rams are for the 49ers. And then for the last 10 years, years, and for the last 10 years, it's been the Seattle Seahawks, but they were in the AFC forever. So it's not like that's a a long-term thing. But right now, it's currently Seahawks 49ers in this division. But the 49ers' biggest rivals traditionally might not even be in the division. So this is one of those divisions where they don't have the best rivalries going on right now. The Cardinals don't feel like they're a rival with anybody, but if they continue to play well and get better, then those things will strengthen. So I don't even know what the best rivalry in the division is traditionally. Maybe 49ers-Rams, but currently it's 49ers-Seahawks. As an outsider, I I think a Shanahan-McVay battle for hopefully the next 30 years could be Parcells-Gibbs. You know know what I mean? Like it could be two Hall of Fame coaches – that are always, you know, Harbaugh Tomlin, you know I mean? Just two really great coaches that battle for the division and always have one eye on the other team. Oh, they went and got Stafford. We better get a quarterback, you know? So I think that could be brewing with two young head coaches that are, you know, really at the top of their game. But I, I got to say it's Seattle, San Francisco, and maybe it's not quite as intense as it was. I mean, but it wasn't long ago Kaepernick era, you know, like when those were really physical teams, Legion of Boom era, where I remember reading articles is Seattle, San Francisco, the new Raven Steelers. It, it was, yeah, and Harbaugh Carroll, that that yeah, happened yeah. quickly. It was like, okay, this escalated very fast, and, and that was a physical battle between those two teams, and they're both good. And so we'll see if that is a lasting rivalry now with the 49ers and the Seahawks, but I think you nailed it there. And actually, today's Locked on 49ers episode, we get into that because there's been some arguments on Twitter recently. Do you take Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, who's the better head coach in the mm-hmm. NFL? So that has a chance to to really – and obviously the Rams are sticking in L.A. for a while. they got a new stadium. Niners got a new stadium. Those right, teams right. are going to be in those cities. You get the natural L.A.-San Francisco thing. So we'll see if that one grows a bit. And if they start to have some playoff matchups, some really important late-season matchups between those two coaches, those two teams for the long term, that could really grow and it could become something. But right now it's just – I mean, maybe for the Rams the 49ers are up there, but for the 49ers the Rams are not top – three rival currently i can see that that makes perfect sense but there was a pretty good stretch there of seahawks niners that many of us are old enough to remember absolutely so if we had to pick one i I think i'd go packers bears yeah i just wish the bears were a little better lately yeah you know what i mean that takes a little bit off it but 
that goes back so long. I mean, again, that's, you know, Maple Leafs, Canadians type of feel. And, you know, since everybody hates the Raiders and the Cowboys, do those two have a rivalry? I don't know. Against each other? Or do they just like stir in the pot so they don't care? They're, they kind of right, right. they kind of admire each other from across the the conference aisles. I think Jerry and Al were buddies, though. Yeah, the, the owners and were quite happy with the influence they had on the league. Cut from a similar cloth there. Yeah, a little bit. All Renegade. Right. Good stuff. NFL rivalries. Tell us what we got wrong. Yeah, were there any rivalries yeah, we right. missed? We Some missing? big ones that that we're sleeping on at BD Peacock at Williamson. NFL. Uh, that's fun. And I love to see the rivalries grow, too. Like, those teams, like, I want to see whatever it is. Jets and Patriots, 49ers, Rams. Those natural rivalries. I want to see those teams good because rivalries are great for the league. I love that. It makes you want to tune in. Like, when almost any head-to-head teams in the NFC East, when they're playing, I stop and watch those games. You know, when Packers and Bears yeah. are playing, I stop and watch it because I feel like there's some significance to it. I also think the world is a much better place when the Bills and Browns are highly relevant and really good like they are now. Yep, absolutely. I yeah. agree with you 100% there. All right, fun stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for all your questions. As always, we will be back tomorrow doing it again, covering everything going on in the NFL right here. Peacock and Williamson.